Right, go ahead and chew and then I'll do the thing. <laughs> You're vile. You are disgusting. I know. I know. Thank you for holding the microphone away from your mouth. You know how I am with soft sounds. Yeah. It's funny that you always call them soft sounds. I feel like that's such a euphemism for like disgusting mouth noises. Yeah. I don't want to call you disgusting mouth noise person, but you it's are. It's fine. Yeah. Aren't we all? <laughs> I mean. Yeah, we are. Uh, we are, but uh, I only see flaws in other people, not in myself. Mm, yes, that is the way to be. Um, do you have, what is that condition called? Um, Fucked up. No, there's yeah, something there about is, when you yeah. get mad about the noise. Yeah, I know I'm, really I know mad. somebody who has it, and I can't think of what yeah, it's called me. now. That person is me. Mm-hmm. Others, is I. others too. Misophonia. I am that person. Misophonia. Misophonia. Mm-hmm. Miso. Mis- <laughs> Miso. Do it. Misophonia. Oh. Uh. <laughs> hey, welcome to Carb Face. Welcome to Carb Face. I'm Chris. I'm Lori. And this is a podcast about food, food media. Lori, what else? Um, candy, grocery stores, also yep. grocery stores. Grocery stores. Depending on where you're from. It's about red peppers or not a vegetable. Mm-hmm. It's about uh, good people and bad people. Mm, mostly bad. <laughs> <laughs> Present company, very much included. Absolutely. Thank you for returning this week, listener. Uh, if you didn't catch last week's episode, what the fuck is wrong with you? Get back there, listen to Helen Rosner. Right after she joined us, uh, she blew up with hair dryer chicken. Mm-hmm. Blew up mm-hmm. all over social media, all over fine journalistic news sites such as mm-hmm. the New York Post. Yeah. And others with tell, a with a hair dryer and a chicken. Yeah. So tell me to and and our listeners uh what happened with the hair dryer chicken for those not in the know. I I encourage you to google it, get on your Twitter, look up your moments. Mm-hmm. Hair dryer chicken and you found it. And at hells h e l s. h e l s. And I think what what I took away from it was people didn't know that there are uh a couple things. They didn't know that you can use a hair dryer mm-hmm. for things other than drying your hair. Yeah. yeah. This is news to people. Sure. Why? Because they're fucking stupid. Well, uh, sure, yes, I will always. Don't uh, come on. I, I'm not going to defend never side with people humanity. with Thank you. People, capital P, but <laughs> don't you think it was about just people who already were predisposed to be mad at Helen because she's a smart feminist and they wanted to hone in on something that they could get her for and it was like how dare you own a $400 hair dryer yeah it was a $400 hair dryer it was a Dyson I didn't know at first I'd learned things I didn't know Dyson mm-hmm. made a hair dryer mm-hmm. and this is news mm-hmm. would I want one sure do I have the budget for it no yeah. should I be mad at Helen because she does have budget for it no right. her, her hair dryer has absolutely no implications for my personal life mm-hmm. but a lot of people and let's just say many men sure but not all. Mm. Just dumb people. Sure. Dumb people. Sure, yes. Decided it was time to unload on Helen for a couple of reasons. Number one, she had nice nails that day. Mm-hmm. She did. She had nice nails. 
Uh, second of all, they didn't realize that she was drying the chicken skin, mm, mm-hmm. you know, taking the moisture out. Yeah. They thought what she was trying to cook the they chicken. They thought she was trying to cook the chicken. Yeah. Because people are dumb. Y- sure. I think that's always in- an interesting thing where you think you got somebody, you're doing something stupid and they're not the person you did. You didn't get anybody. You just got yourself because you're really yeah. dumb. You played yourself. You played yourself. As the kids say. Thank you. All my kids say oh, that's correct. You played yourself a dumb fuck. Yeah. Uh, so, and I think if you throw in a healthy, healthy dose of misogyny, mm-hmm. um, self-loathing sure. from people yep. who are responding, who that chicken had nothing to do with that, with their lives. Mm-hmm. They refused to l- take it as a learning moment. They chose to make it a judging moment. Mm-hmm. They could have learned how to make really good chicken. I wonder if also people feel like, and I'm not saying this is like good or bad, but if they're having some sort of uh, um, primal, like cellular level reaction to the idea of a bathroom thing interacting with the kitchen thing. Think about if somebody told you to go take your hot dinner and eat it on the toilet. I've done that. (laughs) Absolutely. I mean, skip the middleman, right? (laughs) Or. Wait, pause. It has been a hellscape in New Jersey, and no jokes, mm-hmm. it's a lovely state. It it's is. It's a lovely state. Mm-hmm. We just have been slammed by snow over and over and over. Mm. School has been canceled. I've been with my children and my wife many days yeah. because of the snow, mm-hmm. and I just wanted to drink my coffee. <laughs> As a mom. <laughs> As a mom. I, I really just to drink my coffee. I so don't did get the pride of privacy that I need. <laughs> so did I find myself on the shitter drinking coffee? I did. Was I shitting? Not quite. <laughs> okay. All right. <laughs> Is that a character? Is that a character? It, it could be. But bathroom and kitchen. Yeah. Go eat your go eat your hot go dinner eat your on, hot the on the toilet. Didn't work for me. Yes. Okay. I would. Or um. I don't know. I mean, the other one that's not quite as bad, but is like, and and sometimes I I have done this. It's like brush your teeth in the kitchen or, you know, doing, it's it's less terrible, but um, you don't want your bathroom stuff happening in the kitchen. You don't want your kitchen stuff happening in the bath. I, I don't know. It's, you know, it's a variation on don't shit where you eat. Yeah. But it doesn't I involve just... having sex with your employees. What? Wow. Yeah. Transitions. I mean... Good. That's why they call me master of the segue. Let's let's put a big old pin <laughs> in that segue. Uh, do we think it's bathroom and kitchen? I don't. I don't. No, it's just dummy, angry, uh, M- MRA, mob mentality. Fuck them all. Yeah, I would say shut up, sit down, learn about crispy chicken skin. Mm-hmm. That's what Helen's trying to share with us. Yeah. People were just wrong in their reaction. Yeah. And a whole lot of misogyny came out and a whole lot of stupidity came out. So uh, listen to the Helen Rosner episode and you're Mm going to hear about all the things that she likes and and all of her brilliance. I've Mm -hmm. had many, many uh, comments uh, from people saying, I love Helen Rosner. Great. As well they should. Before Helen Rosner, we had a wonderful episode with Jen Ag, Canada-based restaurateur an author of uh, a memoir about her experiences opening and running restaurants in Canada, uh, as well as the rest of her life. She's a fascinating sure. person. Yeah. Um, so that was our initial episode. And you may or may not know this other guy that is uh, who that? is uh, comes drops in as a quick little guest 
to our podcast. His name is Anthony Bourdain. And he's our executive producer. He's he is. your boss. He's my boss. Yep. He holds some power over me, I feel, because I don't want to get you fired. You give him that power. I give everyone power. <laughs> <laughs> I cede my power constantly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, I don't I just, believe that for a second. All right. Okay. I just don't want to get you fired. So... Um, it would take so much more to get me fired. Although the other night I thought what? I may be fired for my, I was about to weigh in and be like, I too am really enjoying this live broadcast of Jesus Christ Superstar. It was so good. And it then I so saw. Good. It's a terrible musical and they were killing yeah. it. See, they I were disagree. doing everything they could. Go I disagree ahead. that it's a terrible musical. Right. That's fine. I mean, I know objectively, fine. The, right. the whatever blah blah says it's a terrible musical. I don't know. It's You're fine with loved it. Loved it. Fine. Uh, I so loved it. Killer I, staging. I saw that. Really, he, really great. John Legend's tits never looked better. That was my shout out on, on Twitter was, yeah. holy shit. Yeah. That chorus is killing it. Mm. Hashtag whatever, whatever, whatever yeah. for, for that show. And then. I think it was WWJD, right? Wasn't that the hashtag that NBC was? It, it was NBC Jesus Christ was, into your heart, yeah, I believe. They were pushing what that it was. pretty yeah. hard. And I had a lot of people convert, except <laughs> Anthony Bourdain did not. He was not. angry. He was angry. He doesn't like, was it Andrew Lloyd Webber? I, yeah. Well, I feel like that's fair feedback. Sure. He likes you, I think, because otherwise he I wouldn't have no. bothered. But I saw that, and I was about to w- to support you, and then I was like, wait, I need my job. Like, I don't, if I come out as as a, as, an, as a lover of this musical, I this could change everything in my, yeah. my employment. So I, I kept quiet. I did not speak up. I saw Don't something and power. I did Don't not say something. Don't cede your power. Yeah. Do not cede your power to him. I did. I came back and I said, hey, whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> I've directed Sondheim. And right? at that point he fell asleep and was like, stop No, he came back again. Oh, yeah. oh, okay. I think he called me unclean. That's, yes, yes. <laughs> there was once why I let on that I knew a little too much about Star Wars. And like, I don't know much about Star Wars. I, I don't care for it. I'm sorry. Unpopular opinion. It is mine. But I didn't, you know, I, you just can't help but know some of these things. And he knows a I job nothing. Of the hut. Yeah, uh, I, I, I was like, oh, the that, the something, something. And he was like, nerd alert. And I was like, just kidding. I don't, I hate Star Wars. <laughs> I, I'm into cool things yeah. too. <laughs> just uh, instantly drew a tattoo on my arm with a big pen. <laughs> yeah. No, not at all. I was just like, note to self. Note to self. No Star Wars. Don't Maybe he's show off. Maybe he's a Trekkie. Trekkie. I said Trekker and I mm. apologize. I don't, yeah, I don't know. Trekhead? I don't, I can't pretend to know everything, Fine. but I'm no, going to say. No, we can ask him. Definitely not. Yes. We can ask him. Yes. Uh, later in today's episode, you'll hear a few more things from Anthony Bourdain. You'll hear who his favorite writers are. Guess what? We've already named one of them. It's yeah. Alan. Well, let's, it's let's. Alan. All right. I don't, I don't mean to be uh, the opposite of yes and, but. You want to shut it down? No, no, no. Let them <laughs> discover it themselves? Okay. I just want to say it's a specific genre of writer. You yeah, know? food writer. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, food writer. It's right. not like. Graham Greene and, you know. Who's that? I'm joking. No, but who it is It would that? be fine if you didn't know who he was. Uh, you know, can I say for sure who Graham Greene is? He's a writer of some note. He wrote uh, The Quiet I, American. How can anyone know Graham yeah. Greene? I think spy novels. Right. Um, Who is Graham Greene? I read the first 15 pages of The Quiet American, and then I oh. picked up my phone, and I never picked the book back up. Yeah. Because that's how I consume books. The uh, first 15 pages, and then I'm done. Speaking of, your phone, if you're not following Carb Face Pod mm. on Instagram, you are missing some next level insanity from Lori, who runs the account. It's Lori at her... I've never seen you unhinged. Really? It is, you're fully unhinged. Wow. It's 
amazing. It makes me laugh every time you tag me. Mm-hmm. Every time so I see them all, it makes me happy. If you'd like to be tagged oh, yeah. in any of the Instagram posts, we will do that. Yes. We'll do that. Just tweet at us. Well, how should at, we do it? Well, no, we should keep it on. We should keep, keep it, it on, on the Insta- Instagram platform. Yeah. Okay, fine. So, uh, I, I don't know. Send us a direct message. Yeah, send us a direct message if you want to be at tagged. Card in face pod. It's not going to happen all the time, but she'll tag you. Yeah. Or, or uh, I don't know, talk to us in the comments in any of the posts yeah. on, at carb face yeah, pod. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Go, go say hi to Lori because she's absolutely killing it. Uh, Lori, I, br- I did bring you candy today. I promised yes. you candy. Yes. Uh, if you've listened to our pilot episode, which was Halloween candy focused. I think everyone knows how important candy is to both of us mm-hmm. uh, well, in different ways. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. In different well, ways. Oh, really? Can you can you elaborate on that? Yeah, yeah. I can stop. <laughs> <laughs> yes. And that, I'm not taking your emotional inventory. <laughs> and yet. No, I you're am. absolutely right. I have I have put so much. So many half bags and containers of candy in the trash in the last uh, week. Last Sunday was Easter, uh, and the you know month leading up to Easter was peep season in every terrible drugstore that I frequent. So, and you're you're pro peep. Oh yeah, yeah. I saw an ad yesterday. Somebody sent it to me on Instagram. Orson Welles for peeps. Sure. From like 1971. Was it real? Who's to say? Why wouldn't it be? But he was. It was a beautiful, sort of soft focus photo of him, or maybe even like a, an illustration, yeah. uh, holding up a, uh, a 1971 container of Peeps, and it's mm. saying something like, "When I, when the need arises for mellow-based in- confections, I insist on Peeps yeah. or Rose, something." Rosebud was a chick. Yeah, I don't know. I don't Did know much work? about Orson Was that a else. good joke? I don't. Okay. I don't really. All I know it is stick of like butter. One. Stick of butter. What's that? From Last Tango in Paris? No. Orson Welles. Google it. Orson Welles is in Last Tango in Paris? Indeed. Yeah. I thought that was Godfather Guy. Isn't that Orson Welles? No. Who is it? Orson Welles is Citizen Kane. Oh, who am I thinking of? Yeah, I know who you're thinking of. I just can't think of his name. I thought it was Orson. It's an old Orson Welles. Are we? We're the worst. I don't know. We're I not worked in a video store for years and years. I have a computer in front of me. I'm not looking it up. Okay. Orson Welles is in Last Tango in Paris. Apparently. We said it. So, no, we don't care. Don't have <laughs> us. Go fuck yourself. Go follow us on Carb Face Pod. We don't care who's in Last Tango. Talk to Tango my son Paris. anytime, you, me and my son anytime you want, and at me all the time. <laughs> <laughs> I thrive on uh, every little blip on my phone. Lori, I brought you some special candy. You did. I got it fifty percent off last night at Walgreens when they had to go get my heart medication. I've been up, upgraded to ten milligrams of Bistolic. Oh my God! No, it's fine. Everything all right? Oh, it's great. Good. Uh, because of my kidney disease, I really suffer from uh, high blood pressure as well. Don't okay. you got a worried look on your face? I will. Don't this get is serious worried. shit, man. It's not. Okay. It's controllable. It's manageable. I just have to stay on top of my my heart, uh, and and I do and. Thank you, pharmaceutical companies, yeah. for my heart yeah. uh, and my blood pressure. But what I did find was half off Cad- Cadbury mini eggs, Royal Dart. So those are the little eggs from Cadbury. They have the crispy shell. They're very addictive. Mm-hmm. However, the Royal Dark, I feel like it takes it to a sublime level, mm-hmm. not just a pure uh, cocaine sniffing level. I agree. I agree. And I find that with the with the lighter, with the milk chocolate uh traditional filling 
I will, it's like a handful at a time situation and I kind of get into a fugue state and I don't stop. Right. With these, they are so, the chocolate is so much better that I'm, I'm willing to eat them one by one and really contemplate, you know, my purpose here. Yeah. Um, the in gift Midtown that Manhattan. is, yeah, the gift that is the mini egg. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So some other things happened this week, Lori. Yeah, yeah, sure uh, did. We got a, <laughs> got a, uh, I, I'm, I'm minding my own business. Okay. I was thinking to myself, Monday morning, I haven't been mad about anything on, on Twitter. <laughs> where, where, where is it? Almost tweeted it out. And then, and then, and then a mysterious gift from the New York Times right. fell like bird shit out of the sky directly onto my face mm. onto my hands mm-hmm, mm-hmm. all over my soul yep yep little in your mouth i think i they I usually know get what a it was. little in your mouth I, it was more than a little yeah it was more than a little um yeah so there was a um there was a story by kim severson in the new york times uh that was sort of a i don't know it was a strange piece it was about mario batali and and uh whether or not he can make a comeback from the uh, events that derailed his career a few months ago and also uh, had a lot of, um, had some insights from people who had met with him and at his uh, request to see what his options might be and just to get professional advice from some of his peers. So it was to me sort of a non-story because they, he didn't cooperate with it and it was, you know, it was so incredibly inside baseball. Uh, a lot of people, and, and it took me a while to figure out why people were so upset about it. Um, and I and I, I understand now, and and um, I'm gonna sort of hold back from sharing too many of my own personal That's fine. Uh, feelings about it. Uh, you know, I, I um, have been quite transparent about having been a longtime employee of Mario Batali and and uh, having some uh, a, a lot of support from him in the early in my career. And so my feelings about this whole thing are complicated. And mm-hmm. I realized recently that I have been avoiding people uh th- because i don't want to talk about it with them so um i don't know if this makes for compelling con- podcast content well, but I uh, think it- i'm trying to tiptoe around it because you know sh- shine some fucking sunlight on things okay so some s- sunlight but you know <laughs> one of those minivan <laughs> shades maybe though that like so so let's get there there are people who spoke out and one of them happens to be uh anthony bourdain who was quoted in the article uh basically saying don't do a comeback just go away Con- mm-hmm. and i'm this isn't a quote it's a paraphrase consider yourself lucky right there are others that uh is it say her name christine mulkey christine mulkey who is mm-hmm. is it christine christine mulkey yeah and mm-hmm. she worked where she uh she has worked in a number of places she uh, most sort of recently and and notably was on the editorial staff she was like yep. managing editor or something at bon appetit for a long time now yep. i think it continues to be an editor at large uh, but she's also done a lot of work with the new york times she was with the new york observer she was with paper magazine she's a you know established very respected uh, writer and journalist. Yeah, she also, uh, Severson also reached out to uh, Joe Bastianich, mm-hmm. who, um, speaking of unclean, uh, has his own mess of shit that he's dealing with uh, that's rather public, but Severson didn't bother to mention it. Mm-hmm. Uh, she just let Bastianich get away with a quote of, and again, paraphrasing, read it for yourself saying hey we're focused on rebuilding and mm-hmm. he's separating himself and you know we're separating himself from the the company of which they were owners 
yeah of yeah. Partners. partners i'm not sure what the structure is but yeah sexual harassers uh in partnership well i will say that yeah i i hope i, I, I was, all right let me gather myself a little bit I wonder, you know, the Times did do uh, some extensive reporting on this story. I mean, they were they were among the outlets that sort of simultaneously broke various stories about um, Mario and his company. Uh, so, you know, they've they've done that work. They've demonstrated their their willingness to to do the reporting and to bring these stories to light. So that I don't know. I'm very hesitant. I don't I don't love it. When I hear people say "fuck the New York Times," because yes, they they I think they probably made a mistake here, and they've made other mistakes in the past, and probably will continue to. But I don't know. It's like if we don't have the New York Times, what the fuck do we have? Well, we've got other places, and you know what? Fuck the New York Times. Okay, I don't feel the same way. I, but no, of course you don't. And I'm I don't not, even I'm care about writing for, for them you. again. I'm yeah. not trying to speak for you. Uh, I'm speaking for myself. There, there is there is no story there. There is no story except. And I will choose my words carefully here. <laughs> Admitted sexual harasser. Mm-hmm. In my view, from what has been told to me, mm-hmm. it's much more than that. Mm-hmm. Allegedly, mm-hmm. much more. Is trying to make a comeback. Yeah. The New York Times helps him float balloons about what the what the public will accept. Right. Right. From. The Falstaffian clown that we all used to sort of like mm-hmm. until we found out that he was garbage. But maybe he's not garbage. Maybe we can bring him back. And so there's this puppetry that's happening with the mm-hmm. New York Times of we will destroy him mm-hmm. or help destroy him, though they couldn't get their story out before Eater did. Mm-hmm. But they did come in with him mm-hmm. physically assaulting an unconscious woman at the spotted pig. Mm-hmm. Yes. So they will provide that curb stomp to him in his mm-hmm. career. Mm-hmm. And then they'll kind of bring him back. Yeah. So it's this resurrection that happens of someone's career of, I, I know something. He's talking to people. Maybe he, he's, gonna, he's been helping Rwandan refugees and also refugees in Greece. And he's thinking about setting up uh, this thing where chefs can come with him and, and work with Rwandan refugees as they resettle and try to re- reclaim their, their lives. Why? Why the fuck do we need to know that about him? Right. Why? Right. What good does it do? What is the purpose? What is the purpose of this article other than this puppetry of someone's career? Mm-hmm. They will kill him and they will bring him back. That's exactly what that article was trying to do, in my opinion, as a reader, as a reader, it is infuriating, it is insulting. Mm-hmm. And for the people who, who he has hurt, who are completely left out of that story as humans, why, as our guest later, Amanda Cohen, said on Twitter, stay tuned for a phenomenal interview recorded in advance of this latest story. Amanda Cohen said, why are we giving more why are we shining a light on him mm-hmm. why does he deserve it mm-hmm. why are we not shining lights on people that haven't abused anyone right. that haven't done terrible things why is we are legitimizing him and now i'm stepping away from my paraphrasing of her but mm-hmm. please look at her her tweets um which were powerful and impassioned it is an infuriating article because it legitimizes a man less than four months since he was exposed for who he is 
Mm-hmm. It was less than four months. Why? Why are we doing the comeback tour now? Right. It's very odd timing. Do you think this has the fingerprints of some sort of crisis PR um, strategy on it? I thought it did. Um, Severson on Twitter said that that PR had no no play in it. Okay. Um, I would I would say that could easily be true. Batelli didn't participate. Um, though she got some really interesting quotes from his former partner who was given the opportunity to talk about focusing on shoring up their business, blah, blah, blah. There's a reputation management element mm-hmm. to this that feels gross mm-hmm. and feels like we're being fed a bunch of shit from horrible people in collusion with the New York Times. Mm-hmm. That's what it feels like, yeah. that they're in it, not for reporting, but so that they can control the story. Again, that's me as a reader. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, and, and obviously knowing that this is going to stir up a lot of interest, positive and negative, is always, I you know, I don't, I just, I guess my other, my other feeling about this is that uh, outside of the specifics of this story, I'm a little, I don't know, I don't necessarily want to start participating in a, in a movement where we're, I don't want to say trying to shut anybody down, but do you know what I mean? Like to say like, this article shouldn't happen. These things never should be said. I think, you know, say terrible things, say stupid things, get you know, write an unpopular story. I'm, I'm more interested in that and the reaction and the, and the conversation that it spurs than to say none of, yeah, I don't know. Again, my, my feelings are complicated on it, but I'm, I'm a little wary of, of trying to quash these things, uh, which of course you can't do retroactively, but then, then to say, then to say, okay, well, then the Washington Post or somebody else needs to do another story, and then you know why this is a fucking problem, or somebody needs to do an op-ed that's like, don't you know, glorify people who are you know very recently outed as as um, sexual harassers. It seems like a really good policy that most newsrooms could actually adopt. Let's mm-hmm. not glorify people who are just yeah. recently outed. Yeah, like let's give it four months. <laughs> let's give it at least four months before right. we bring their careers back. There is a lack of awareness there that they could be perceived as doing something wrong under the guise of this is journalism. Mm, mm-hmm. Yes, it is journalism. Sure. Yeah. Sure, it's journalism. Uh, I don't know to what end. And there was no story there other than this puppetry and mastery mm. of potentially resurrecting someone's career. Mm-hmm. And, and I think they're absolutely complicit in this insidery knowledge, glad-handing access game that is especially food journalism. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think I'm wrong there. Yeah. No, I don't, I don't think you're wrong. I don't Maybe I am. No, no. Let us know. Yeah. <laughs> you know. <laughs> at us in the comments. At, at us on Instagram. Yeah. Also Let Lori Twitter. Let Carbface Pod. Hey, guys, subscribe to the New York Times. It's great. You'll love the recipes. <laughs> Melissa Clark is amazing. She is. She is. She's the best. Uh, should we talk about something fun? What do you like? <laughs> Would we play this game without a, without a yeah, guest? Yeah, we'll play it. Let's go. What do I like? Um, I Let's like, trade them. You go, then I go. Okay. I like yesterday's coffee heated up in the microwave. Hmm. I like my AeroPress. I don't know what that is. Oh, it's uh, this uh, like French press, but different. Uh, it's like a cylinder that you put on top of your coffee, and it's mm-hmm. how I make my coffee every morning. Mm. And I can let it kind of steep for a while, and I get a really, really rich cup of coffee, and I mm. like it a lot. 
but I have to make it one cup at a time. Mm. Have you ever tried, um, what is that shit, uh, bulletproof coffee where no. people put like a tablespoon of butter in no, their coffee? No, because I'm not dumb. Well, so I'm so curious, <laughs> but I'm like, I need a day where I know I'm going to be home all day because I just, do it? well. Does it make you shit? Why that's what, that's my fear. Well, it's like I mean, a tablespoon of melted butter in a hot caffeine <laughs> beverage just to me seems like troublesome. I, couldn't you just do an enema? Not white shorts day. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Couldn't you just do an enema? Uh, um, I always say I don't like to talk about bathroom stuff, and yet I feel like here we are. I took thirds of this I whole day is bathroom yep. stuff. All right. So you like your AeroPress? I like Peeps. I like my sourdough starter. I so badly want to make fun of you. Go for it. Uh, no, I love it. No, it's make fine. fun. Do you have of me. a name for it? No, I'm not weird. Mm. 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 Fair. Uh, did you start it yourself? Did somebody did. give it to you? No, I started it myself at the beginning of the year, and I'm making beautiful bread now. Every once in a while, our executive producer, Anthony Bourdain, stops by, picks up a mic, and talks to us about some shit. Sometimes he answers uh, listeners' questions. Yeah. They, they want his advice. It's called Unfuck My Life, it's Anthony Unfuck Bourdain. Unfuck My Life, Anthony Bourdain. It's and, a good one uh, this week. Yeah. And then sometimes we just, we just kind of shoot the shit. Shit shooting and unfuck. Yes. Unfuck my shit. <laughs> That's a whole different segment. <laughs> that we should get like a nutritionist in for that. And then have a visual uh, guide on the Instagram. Done. I never want to see that. I would I like will to tag see out it. of life. I would like <laughs> to see that. Anthony Bourdain, take it away. Anthony Bourdain, my partner and I pool our income but he makes way more money than I do, and I feel guilty whenever I buy things, even though he's okay with it. Please unfuck my life. Yeah, don't put that guilt shit out of your mind, you know? Uh, and don't let him use uh, this uh, this uh, financial disparity as a part of a power grab or, uh, you know, the shit could change. Could be you making the money and him... Uh, you know, make it less uh, on another day. Would you behave any differently? No, I, I, you, you can't think about stuff like that. If it becomes an issue, um, you know, if you ever hear the words, uh, well, you know, how about that money you spent, or you know, that you were the wrong guy. You love somebody, you let him have his. You know, you, 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 you share freely. Period. And you don't think about it. And you never hold it against him, and you never keep an account in your head. That ain't love. Yeah, okay. I don't. I just don't. I never kept tallies or, or thought like that. Yeah, and I, I think um, there's also something about when you're the one that's make, not making as much income. Uh, when I was laid off, it was just like, oh shit. Yeah, I, well, I've been on the other side of that equation, you know, many times and for years. Uh, you know, where you know my girlfriend at the time, or yeah. first wife, was essentially making more, no, essentially better, was making much more money than me, and um, I don't know. Dude, you don't talk about money. Is kind of how I grew up. And, okay. You know, I mean, that's uh, it's in poor taste to to, to to you know even keep up on these things. So anyway, to like to, to keep to, a tally. To the, yeah. So to so to the the person who asked the question, uh, really, fuck it. Stop thinking like that. Um, Fantastic. Great. There you go. Food editors, food writers. Who are you loving? Food editors and food writers. Uh, I love what uh, Helen Rosner does. I love uh, John Birdsall. I think is great. Jonathan Gold. I mean, you know, you got, yeah, by default, he's the. I mean, not by default. Every day he proves his yeah. his uh, steadfast importance. Uh, 
Um, those are. Uh, those are I, I admire both. You're both of your fine works. Oh, um, Lori's, thank you. Lori's good. It, yes. Look, it's a, it is a it is an increasingly I understand as a you know a prime purveyor of food porn and words about food. I understand. I cannot imagine working for a a busy food website and having to produce original or even presumably original content on a regular basis. I cannot imagine what it's like to be the New York Times food critic and and have to feign enthusiasm for yet another plate that looked just like the plate you had last week, especially repeatedly. Yeah. Um, you know, it, it's really... It, it's tough. It, it, I've described it only half jokingly as like writing porn. You never want to fuck again. I mean, it just <laughs> it just bleeds the entire joy. I mean, how many ways can you describe a salad before you just want to kill yourself? Um, I mean, there are plenty of issues around food, and, and then of course the difficulties of ha- of access. I mean, there's access journalism. You've talked about it. Um, you know, if you're writing about politics and you don't have any access. Uh, to the players, uh, you know, you're in a tough place, especially now where the competition, uh, the, the, you know, the, the lower-priced competition is, is, you know, all over it. Um, you know, it's why people suck up to uh, chefs and why chefs understand well how to play that game. I mean, it is a big, as you, again, as you've spoken about, you know, it's a big now, actually, it's a very small, overpopulated pond that's getting more populated every day uh, with smaller and smaller fish. Um, and I think the chefs are way ahead of the game in dealing with it, which is, it took them a while to catch up uh, with this new paradigm and social media and all of that. But they understand now. And and the, 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 the deliberate... Um, and you've written about this. You've, you've, you follow your Twitter feed. Um, the deliberate suspension of disbelief, the deliberate uh, pretense of credulity, uh, the complicity in these grotesque scams that everybody knows is a scam bordering on an enterprise that if it were a trash hauling company would be, you know, c- criminal, like the 50 best list. Um, I mean, we know. Everybody knows. Every chef knows. It, it, it's so I sort of have a low opinion, but I am, I do have a low opinion. Yeah. But it it should be acknowledged. It is an incredibly difficult thing. I mean, not compared to cooking brunch, but it is it's it's a difficult thing to produce food related content on, a, you know, a daily basis or a regular basis, or to justify your cushy existence. If you're working for one of the glossies and you. You know, they give you a town car to get home in, uh, you know, trying to come up with, compete with yeah. with this new market is also difficult. This week's guest is Amanda Cohen, the owner and chef at, at Dirt Candy. She is nominated for a James Beard Award for Best Chef in New York City. We talked with Amanda about all kinds of things before the nominations came out. Uh, we're so excited for it. It's my favorite restaurant in New York City. It's the one where I, I take people to say, you are going to be amazed. And if you need a place to brunch, and I know there are a lot of people who don't like brunch, but my God, get yourself to Dirt Candy's Brunch. It's phenomenal. Best biscuits in the city. Best everything in the city. Get there. We love Amanda Cohen. 
Uh, we don't have to do like it's a hot start. I don't think so. It's not. It's not looking good for I'm, the hot start. I, I don't know. I've I've waxed the tips of my beard. Did you? I did. Just it still here. looks quite natural. Oh, thanks so much. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't want to go for a full manicured look. Yeah. That looks like I put too much effort into it. Right, right. It does look like there's a little effort, though. There's a tiny bit you see that I care, don't I, you? I, yes, mm-hmm. you definitely, it's not unkempt. Thank you. Can yeah. you um, Can you raise your microphone? I can here? raise my microphone. Thank you so much. And it's okay if your mouth goes right right th- on the windscreen, <laughs> but maybe you don't <laughs> want to do that. Hmm. Lori, can you talk? I can talk. Uh, what would you like me to talk about? Are you <laughs> still fixing levels? I'm and fixing so levels. So, therefore, this is not... Useful. I don't really want to hear what you have to say. I I'm just want to sure. see that you can't no talk. Does. No one does. Lori, that's not true. Yeah. That's not fair. Uh, Amanda, how's your day so far? <laughs> um, well, it was a better day than it, my yesterday. I have an pr- issue with the alarm at work, so it keeps going off at 4 a.m. Oh. I know, which is fine. I don't have to go down. I just the ADT calls me every morning at like 4 a.m. Mm. So today, though, they didn't call me until 7 a.m. That's pretty good. I know. It was pretty exciting. Congrats. Yeah, thank you. Do you know why it's going off yet? Yeah, there's a problem with the uh, office sensor in the basement. They've come in three times to fix it. Then each time they're like, yeah, we think we got the problem. I'm like, did you do something, though? And they're like, yeah, we did something. I'm like, okay, because I really, it's been going on for two weeks. I'm like, I really, I don't want to get a 4 a.m. or 3 a.m. phone call. And uh, they're like, yeah, we totally, we, we got this. And then like every morning I'm like, ah, you don't have this at all. So being a chef and owner is glamorous is what I'm hearing. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, is there anything more glamorous than getting a phone call from your alarm company every morning? Like a, it's like my, <laughs> it's like my own alarm clock. Now, I don't think there's anything more glamorous. Uh, I, I did have the police called because of our security system that w- it was wired incorrectly, which we didn't know. Well, you don't know until it goes off. Right. Mm-hmm. And the smoke alarm was connected, uh, to indicate that there was an intruder. And oh. so I was cooking something, something mm. smoky mm-hmm. for sure. Elio's pizza. Come on. Don't, don't <laughs> front it. You know I'm a big fan of the square pizza. Yes. And or ex- yeah. Sorry, rectangular pizza. Right, right. Yeah, rectangular pizza. It's terrible. Like a giant 1970s maxi pad. You know, when you put it like that. Wow, that just changes my whole concept of it. it <laughs> makes but it sort of comes already used. Yeah, ah. right. <laughs> right. You started it. Yes. Go. You did I knew set I up liked the imagery. You. <laughs> uh, I, I love a square pizza. I just do. Mm-hmm. I always will. Um Sorry. So no, it's you. fine. So I don't know <laughs> what I was burning. It could have uh-huh. been a 1970s maxi pad. It could have been a pizza. It sure. could have been some type of meat. Mm-hmm. And the, the the alarm went off, and I, I stopped it. And then I get a phone call immediately because you think it's just a smoke alarm. Just a smoke alarm. Yeah. And uh, the guy's like, "This is ADT." And uh, thank you, ADT, for doing your job, by the way. So God bless. Uh, and, and he said, what's, what's your passcode? And I said, a number. And he said, that's not it. Do you have another passcode? And I gave another number. And he's like, that's not it. And I, I'm like, I, I don't know. And my wife isn't there. So I'm texting her. And she's busy. She's in a place. She's not answering. Yeah. Because why would she? And so we just kind of end it with, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> and then the police came. Yeah. <laughs> and my kids said, the police are here. And they went screaming, running to their bedroom. And at that point, I just had to tell the police, I'm cooking. You can smell the smoke. 
please come in, have them come in, look around. I don't know if that's a good idea or not. Would you let mm. the police come in to, to look house? around? If they think a burglar's there, but it's just you? Yeah. I'd, I'd ask for a minute. Well, <laughs> what would <laughs> you hide? <laughs> Lori, what would you hide? Uh, you, know, you don't have to say yeah. because mm. it'll be on record and then they have probable yeah. cause. No, you just, would you hide... You know. I'd probably, like, sometimes the litter box is a little stinky. Sure. You know? Sure. So you clean I that out. I think they've yeah. seen worse stuff. <laughs> Amanda, you, you are a serious chef. I am. I try to be. Well, you're a big-time chef. Middle time. <laughs> what does that mean? Uh, they're certainly, yeah, like, middle level. I've certainly people know me, and they know the name of the restaurant, but yeah. not a lot of people, like, big-time chefs come to the restaurant. I'm not, like, fed it in circles like oh. other chefs are. Mm. I don't have a TV show. Do you want a TV show? Not really. Okay, do you want to be fed it? I mean, who doesn't? I know. What would that involve? Laura, you've been involved in fedding. What is fedding <laughs> involved? Or what does it's, that involve? It's a, uh, it's a private matter. Okay. Uh, no, I, I don't know. I mean, I guess it's a better question is to ask Amanda what she thinks fedded means. I think um, sort of sell, like... You know, like you get awards and uh, articles yeah. and, you know, fame sort of differently mm -hmm. than people know me a lot. Yes, because of my food and what I cook um, and sort of my brand, but less about actually having come to the restaurant and eaten there. Most people know me because probably of what I've written. Mm -hmm. That's where my name has sort of like circulated. Yeah. Out. It's more accessible to read something online than to go to your restaurant. Well, it's an easier choice. Fine. Uh, I've chosen to eat at your restaurant many times many times <laughs> many times uh we had a chef here last week daniel patterson and uh the two of you share something which you probably don't know which it, it's me <laughs> uh it is i and it is you are the two chefs who have made me cry oh well very sweet Why? What? really yeah uh because i think it's pretty emotional um to have a chef in this case you come out and say here, this is what this is, and I made this, and like you're bringing it right. to me, and I don't think you do that for everybody. Um, it's not that you won't. It's not that I won't, but I did. So it's a uh, you know when I had Little Dirt Candy, the 18 seat yeah. restaurant, I was the server, so mm. I did. I mean, I also had another server, but we were both serving. Like yeah. I was at every table. So it's one of the lessons I learned, which was that guests really like seeing the chef at the table yeah. mm -hmm. and the more that we can do that the better it is so yeah. I don't want to make you feel not special no I did feel special I don't care if you do it for everybody <laughs> I don't else. I don't do it for everybody because I can't but it is really we try to have that moment at the table either I'm going or one of my chefs is going or my pastry chef is going with their desserts because it makes it really personal and you feel like all of a sudden you're not eating some anonymous person's food that's good but this like really gives a connection and you're mm. I think you're more apt to like it uh you recently changed the approach in the restaurant I did Do you want to talk a little bit about that yeah we stopped doing a la carte after nine years and went to only tasting menu uh we did it for a bunch of different reasons the uh, well, one I thought it, I would make more money, as it turns out, <laughs> doesn't quite How's happen. It going? How's it going? Pretty good. Uh, uh, it's going. I mean, guests are really enjoying it, but our costs are a little bit higher than I thought they would be. But hopefully, mm. that's starting to switch. Mm. Um, but what we really found was that, um, well, we had two kinds of guests: the guests who came, and I think. Well, this, okay, so I'll go back to the beginning. I had sort of been thinking about this for a while and how do we make more money? And we have a real problem at the restaurant because 
my clientele tends to not be the kind of clientele that drinks a lot. And that's where you make a lot of money in restaurants. Mm -hmm. Um, And your cocktails are incredible. They're delicious. They're incredible. And we have this delicious wine list. And, um, but my guests are either young or they're there for health reasons or I don't know, maybe they're poor, which is fine. If you're poor and you come to eat, that's great. Um, but restaurants make money off their alcohol sales. Uh, and we wanted to find a way where we could sort of maybe push a little bit more alcohol or at least then have the buy-in when you sit down. It has to be a little bit more expensive for us to make money. Mm-hmm. And then we had two kinds of guests, the guests who were sort of just coming in to eat and go. I call those my sweatpant wearing guests or the, <laughs> <laughs> uh, or the ones who were there really to dine. And the ones who were there to dine liked us more. Uh, they We had a sort of tasting menu already and they would get it and they'd They'd be the ones who like would really enjoy it, and we get so much positive feedback because they're also getting enough value for their money. Um, with the other sort of my other guests, they always felt I think that it was too expensive for what it was, even though it's not. Mm-hmm. Um, we are not expensive, and our tips no, are included. You're not. We're you're not, not at all, but it's really hard to get people to understand the value of what they're eating. Um, so yes, the Korean fried broccoli is nine dollars, but that does include the tip, and maybe it's only you know. Uh, nine or ten pieces of broccoli but that broccoli goes through this huge process to get into that bowl and you know you also want toilet paper when you go to the bathroom in the restaurant i do you do most people do i also want the bird sounds in your bathroom you want the bird sounds that costs money they're really good (laughs) yeah um so we sort of made the switch for that and then there was all these sort of dishes that i wanted to do um that i couldn't put on the when we weren't a la carte because they're absurd uh and I couldn't charge them. We didn't know how to, you know, we have a dish that's peaking peas. That's four peas on a tiny grill. Uh, and it, they're, the whole dish is quite <laughs> expensive to make. But how do you charge for that? It's mm. like, well, I'm going to charge you $20 for four peas. Four peas. Are um, we talking individual peas? Or are we talking peas in a pod? What are we uh, snow peas. Okay. okay. So I get four Sugar snap peas, actually. Okay. But you also get them with tiny pancakes and Ooh. like lacquered soy with a pea tofu filling. It's quite complicated. And a tiny grill. The tiny grill costs money. Uh, it's like, well, I'm showing it, but it's like it's small. Like, it's like four it's inches. It's like half the size of this. Okay. So it's, it's with like cool. a shoebox. Yeah. Smaller yeah. than a pencil case. Yeah. Even. And Definitely. it you know, comes with it like coal and the coals are really expensive because it's no smoke coal. Wow. Can I take the coal home? <laughs> If y- yes, if you have a bucket, Thank you. yeah, if you have a way to take it home, yeah, if I bring a metal trash can, and yeah, yeah, okay. yeah, that's fine. As you fine. do. Um, can I take the grill? No. <laughs> okay. Have has anybody taken it? No, it's really hot. Oh, mm. that's I mean, good. That's de- that's a deterrent. Yeah, I mean, it'd be hard <laughs> to put that in your purse. <laughs> yeah, yes, but people will steal anything, right? I mean, you, do you get a lot of stuff stolen? Um, yeah, we, um, well, at the little one. The weirdest thing we ever got stolen was the the lid of the toilet paper holder. <laughs> My dad wow. was like, "What are you gonna do with that?" But then one snort coke off it. No, because there was a hole. Oh, mm. and it's like it's weird. Like there was nothing you could do with it. Mm. How big was the hole? Yeah, well, how big was the hole? <laughs> no, it was sort of like metal too. So yes. I think it would okay. cut you. Lid for every pot. <laughs> 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 and then at the the most we've ever had stolen uh, was. Some guy ran into the new restaurant, went into the bathroom, came out. We had no idea what happened. But then somebody was like, something's happened to your bathroom. And we oh went no. in and looked. And he had taken all the toilet paper wow. out and, like, ripped, like, the toilet um, holders off. And we did have a picture of him from our 
security camera. Good. I know, but get him? no, it was mostly his back. And it took a while to figure out who it was. And then we were like, that guy, that one with the big brown bag filled with toilet paper. Yeah. Wait, oh, he was, yeah, yeah, yeah. Did, was he then in your dining room or no, he, he wasn't just a guest. came in to yeah. rush the bathroom? Yeah. But wow. I was like, you know, if somebody wants my toilet paper that badly, he can have it. Like yeah. he was yeah. so in desperate need. Yeah, he needed it. Yeah. But that much, like all the toilet paper? I mean, well. You don't know. I, you, you, that's right. You don't <laughs> know. never know another man's GI. Truly so. don't. And, you know, maybe he was in trouble. His wife was like, you didn't bring home any toilet paper. Where's all the toilet paper? Yeah. I'll show yeah. you. Yeah. I'm going to leave if you don't bring home that's that so toilet paper. Exactly. Do you think that's, it's like the East Village that kind of brings that out? Or do you think that's, that's just re- wherever you would open your restaurant, there would be weirdos doing weird stuff? I think yeah. wherever. Uh-huh. You're gonna get know. them no matter what. And I want. I bet TGI Fridays gets a lot of toilet paper oh, stolen. God. For and sure. I mean, that's probably the least of what goes down in the TGI Fridays. <laughs> what do you think happens at a Fridays? What doesn't happen? Right. Oh, well, I don't know. Because in well, here it's Friday. That's why. Right. It's always Friday. Oh. Well, I'm sure like their working conditions are probably worse than other people's, or could potentially be worse than other people's. Um, you don't, I don't know. know. In you all don't see, know. I don't know. See, I disagree. Could be good. Because oh, it's more corporate it's and corporate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, that doesn't corporate. mean always that. It's perfect, but yeah. they do have more rules in place. That's true. It's true. Like and more accountability and systems. Toilet yeah. Paper. And they have more cameras. Like that there's a lot true. of cameras in those places. Are there? Yeah, for sure. How many cameras do you have? Um, don't say. Because <laughs> I don't want your home broken into. No, we only have three. Do we have three or four? I think we have three. Okay. We have one on the outside and one on the inside, and then one downstairs in the basement that's oh not really doing anything because the well. alarm's still going off. <laughs> <laughs> so you were trying to figure out going to a fixed menu, yes. tasting menu. Yeah. What do I call it? Tasting? We call it actually, we, we don't really call it either. We call them just our menus because okay. I feel like it's like, no, but it's a sort of a conceptual difference when you're somebody's like, oh, you're going to get a tasting menu. You're already like, ugh. It's a lot of food. I don't know. And so, I mean, I guess it's more prefix tasting menu, but it, like we call them the garden and the patch. It's either a bigger menu or a smaller menu. Okay. Those are the choices. How many courses in each? The garden has nine courses, 12 dishes, mm-hmm. and the patch has five courses, nine dishes. Mm-hmm. And they're mm-hmm. 84 and 58. And you made the change why? Um, well, because we wanted to make more money. We thought it would make our customers happier. And because I wanted to, I, we've now been doing this for uh, nine years, I guess nine years in yeah. February. And um, we, I, I kind of felt like I was being forgotten in the city. And I wanted to throw my hat back in the ring, make people like notice us again. Mm-hmm. Uh, we got one review from the Times at the little place. It was a great review. It's like helped us out immensely. But then we opened the big restaurant and we never got re-reviewed again. Hmm. I can't seem to get Michelin to come back in. Wow. Uh, awards and wow. nominations don't seem to be something I get. And I'm like, listen, these are the restaurants that get that. So let's do this. We will overhaul it. Yeah. It hasn't really worked, but still, it's well, great. Yeah. <laughs> okay. It's been what, two months? Um, It's been about four months. Okay. We started it at the end of September. So how do you get, where do you want to go with this? Because I can ask you 15 questions and I don't want to ask, <laughs> I don't want to ask 14, I don't want 14 of them to be irritating. Where do we go? I mean, I had to figure out some way to keep the restaurant going and successful and living yeah. and changing. Um, a restaurant can't be stagnant. We've also been open for a really long time and I want to make sure we're here uh, for a while. And I also, 
the food that we're cooking right now is the food that's really exciting all of us. So if the restaurant is going to close at some point, it's not. Don't worry. <laughs> yeah. um, this is the this is the hill I want to die on. Got it. This is the menu. Making your best food. Yeah, this is the best food we can make. We can make better food. Uh, but right now with what our resources, this is as good as we can get. And mm. it's pretty good. What's your favorite thing? Um, we have two dishes on the, that's our, our brassica or, or it's on our pasta course and it's a brassica dish and a spinach dish. And I don't they're know what brassica is. It's like cauliflower and Brussels sprouts. It's like all cauliflower and it's best friends. Oh, nice. Yeah. So like it has this really nice smoked cabbage broth. And then the brass, uh, the spinach dish is spinach spetzel with way too many sesame seeds. And people either love it or hate it. But you love it. Yeah. I mean, I wouldn't put it on if right. I didn't like it. Right. So. Um, Laura, you haven't eaten her food, right? I have not. I, uh, I'm not shaming you. No, it's <laughs> fine. It's I was fine. just going to go like off to on it. So how do you get people? Well, let me talk about your food. Your food. Your, your feud. Your, your food is beautiful. Thank you. It tastes really good. It's delightful and surprising. It's fun. It's playful. It's really serious at the same time um, because you start to see the intricacies of what is presented as food that is fun and accessible, but then you start to go, oh, shit, this took like 50 steps right. to make. Right, right. Um, and I don't think I really understood that until I read your cookbook. Um, and then also as you were explaining dishes to me, of we did this to the carrots <laughs> and then we did that and then this and it's just like oh my god like yeah. so much went into this into these vegetables to make them to treat them with a great deal of respect um how do you so so there's your compliment well thank you and you mm. also have the best biscuits in town thank you they are really good They're really good <laughs> you have to go for brunch um and if you don't go for brunch and are you still serving the hush puppies they're at brunch Okay, go for brunch. They're not at dinner. Uh, but I want to get people to dinner. So what's at dinner from, from the old menu? Anything? Uh, there are dishes. There's the Korean fried broccoli. Great. If you, it's amazing. Yeah. And then the mushroom dish is still there. And our broccoli, hot dogs, and carrot sliders. God, oh, carrot sliders all. are so yeah, good. good. Yeah. Okay. So go for both. Go for both. You have I've to go gone, for both. They're I've totally different both. experiences. Can we talk about, like, how do you get someone to come in and review your restaurant? Can we go there or not? Yeah, I mean, we can try. Okay. I, I don't know how to do more than what we've done. Um, do you have a PR yeah, firm? Yeah, we did. We had a PR firm. And, uh, you know, we, we put it all out there, but they also, it, I don't think, it's, um, I mean, I can't say for everything, but, you know, they have a list of who they're going to review and who they think their customers are interested in reviewing. So, obviously, <laughs> they think that their customers aren't interested in this place as a review. I mean, everybody has the times, the times. I mean, I, we got a review from, we never got reviewed by Eater and I did get a review from New York magazine, but it was so awful. I pretended mm. it didn't exist. Mm -hmm. I still okay. pretend it didn't exist. It was pretty, I think Adam Platt might've had a bone to pick with us. Why? I don't know. It was just the review. It, it wasn't taken as a restaurant. We weren't taken very seriously. Ooh. I feel like we were dismissed. And we have a problem. I mean, I don't think so much anymore, but we had these two problems working against us. Uh, one is we are a vegetarian vegetable restaurant. Mm -hmm. So that sort of already pushes us to the side. And now there's everybody is trying to sort of do what we did. And so they're getting first uh, look. And it is, you know, I am a woman who cooks. Yeah. So I'm not necessarily going to get the same amount of attention. Mm -hmm. Maybe in the you know, upcoming years. So you, s did you start no tipping in New York City? 
Um, as far as you know? There's a couple of Japanese restaurants okay. that didn't have any tipping. And then some of the super fancy expensive restaurants mm-hmm. um, were service included. So okay. like Per Se has had service included for years and years. I think that's a little different because those meals are so expensive. You're mm-hmm. like, yeah, whatever. <laughs> in for a penny, in for a pound, right? Yeah. Uh, but I would say I was the first sort of uh, standard a la carte restaurant in New York City that got rid of tipping. Okay, I just want to get it on record. Yeah, no. I mean, yeah. I say that all the time. <laughs> and and then a few other people came along. Yeah, and some other people who had some bigger, like, restaurant groups decided to join in. Right, and thank God. Yeah. Oh, no, I'm so thank glad God. they did. But mm-hmm. you were on the front end. Yes. Great. And I do think that a lot of people were looking at what I was doing to see if I succeeded or not. Because I think if I had, like, switched back right away, right. I'm not sure if anybody else would Which have Which some places in. did. They tried it, and they're like, oh, we couldn't make a go they of it. They did, yeah. but they also didn't. Having the no tipping is probably the hardest thing we've ever gone through at the restaurant. Uh, educating our staff, educating ourselves, and educating our customers. And it's this real uphill battle to get it to sort of work and to stick. And we um, we sort of rethink it every day. Like, how do we get people to understand why our prices are so expensive? Because that's why most people switched back. Um, it, you know, people are like, but it's too expensive. And you're like, it's not too expensive. It's going to be the same when you pay your bill. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But they don't see that until sort of like right. they're totally, out of the restaurant. It's totally the same. Mm-hmm. It's totally the same. And I mean, sometimes it is a little bit more expensive. And that's okay. Food should be more expensive. We should all pay more for the food we're eating. Mm-hmm. It's incredibly expensive in New York City. Uh, just the actual cost of goods is expensive. Rent is expensive. And we expect it not to be expensive. And it is. And then when you go no tipping, you have a lot of other factors uh, that get more expensive. Your insurance goes mm. up drastically. Really? Okay. Yeah, because your um, my payroll is so high. So my insurance is so mm. much higher because of my payroll. Oh, wow. uh, so And then my payroll is higher. And so then my uh, payroll taxes are higher. So all of that actually does contribute to having, it does cost more to go no tipping. But you feel so morally good mm. that, you know, you should do it. Good. Uh, I wanted to get back to the question of how you sort of drum up interest. I mean, your job is a chef and restaurant owner, and that has got to take all of your your time. And uh, PR is very expensive, right? It's not something you can necessarily have on retainer. You sort of hire them for like a short term. Yeah, I mean, we have a we work with a great company and we have worked with them on and off for years. Mm -hmm. So but it is incredibly, incredibly expensive. You know, basically, when you start out with any PR company, it's somewhere between five to ten thousand dollars a month. Mm-hmm. That's mm-hmm. an insane amount. And then, as you sort of put them on retainers, we do that. Usually, gets cut in half somewhere. Mm-hmm. But it's a lot of money. So, what if you can, if you're willing to say, like, what kinds of things, what kinds of advice were you getting? Like, are you supposed to be as as a, as a food writer? You know, I, one of the hardest things for me is sometimes to get the story that an editor right. wants you know and and it, a lot of times it feels like you're out there almost trying to manufacture a story that fits into the editorial vision of whatever publication and I, f- I find the pitch process to be <laughs> so painful I would rather write any day of the week but so as a chef are you also being sort of told to in a, in a sense manufacture stories or or fit yourself into a pigeonhole of a, with a specific uh, publication I don't I, th- I think probably a lot of chefs are mm-hmm. actually I think because I've already been so successful mm-hmm. um, and I sort of had a brand, I have this brand and the brand and it's mm-hmm. a very sort of loud and proud mm-hmm. brand and mm-hmm. everybody knows it. Um, so I don't think I can fit into those stories anymore. 
I, I think a lot of chefs are being told to like figure out your story you know like hey why don't you talk about like how your mother taught you to cook or your grandmother taught you to cook and that's why you've opened this restaurant Uber. and all that and um for me I've always I, like I just I've always been so outspoken that I think people are like yeah no <laughs> that's just not gonna work with that one um the, the what we the what we thought would happen with this and we did get a plenty of attention when we sort of revamped the restaurant um but we did think people would be like oh look as you see lots of male chefs getting this attention here's a girl or here's a chef and she's you know she's upping her game let's go back yep. and revisit this and see what she's doing and she's obviously put a lot of money into this and mm -hmm. i feel like you know you kind of people like to do the takedown when people put in money mm -hmm. our, our revamp wasn't cheap we spent over a hundred thousand dollars trying to do the things that we thought would get people into the restaurant like bigger tables, nice restaurants have bigger tables mm -hmm. and drapes. Although our drapes are really ugly right now, but they are getting fixed. Um, <laughs> but those are sort of like these signs of nicer restaurants. Mm -hmm. And we changed our wine list. We had this amazing sommelier come in and work with us for a couple of months. Her name is Lauren Friel. It's an all-female wine list. Mm. Um, and it is beautiful. And the tasting she has put together, sort of like, I'm like, oh my gosh, we couldn't, I couldn't even imagine somebody doing this for us. And um, we thought that would get a lot of people interested in her as well. Mm -hmm. And, you know, so nobody, very mm. few people came in. I mean, hopefully they'll still come. It's not like it's all over, but it's not. If you can imagine a male chef doing what we did. Right. It'd be a very different right. story. Like 11 Madison Park. A few people were interested in 11 yeah. Madison Park's yeah, exactly. recent <laughs> revamp. Yeah. I mean, diff obviously different it's scale. It is different, but, but it, is, it is a scale. And it's the way I sort of look at, you know, the same time we moved from little dirt candy to big dirt candy um and i'm this isn't taking away anything from them but david chang revamped co mm -hmm. and danny bowen revamped right. mission chinese right. exact same time and they all got re-reviewed mm. and we didn't so uh, can we talk about a really important woman in your restaurant yes jackie jackie is my i rock <laughs> yeah she's pretty incredible she from, is you know someone who comes into the restaurant she knows me yeah uh can you I tell me i don't know jackie she's my general manager ah okay so jackie knows you knows your name mm -hmm. takes care of you i mean just in in this really like she is your friend but also she's there to take care of she's you if mom. that makes sense she's your cool mom she's not she's <laughs> like your best friend ah who okay. wants you to have a really great time. Wow. That's a great quality in a GM. But yeah. she's not too close. I mean, she's mm -hmm. not trying she's to be your best friend. Oh, yeah. totally. She's not on your lap. Um, but you can, I've, the times that I've been in where I wasn't, the first time I came in, I was really fixated on you and how right. you were managing your kitchen. And I got a really nice seat where I could watch all that happen. And it's fun to see you lead. Like, it's just fun. It's a fun kitchen too. You know, yes. we've had an open kitchen for about, I mean, the entire time. So we're very good at it now. And I've always thought that kitchen didn't have to be quiet. Like I hate those like fancy restaurants you go into mm -hmm. or any open kitchen and everybody's just so silently working. They're not like they're barely talking to each right. other. I'm like, well, that's not real. There's a lot of simmering rage there yeah, and right. fear. And <laughs> actually in our kitchen, the rage comes out and that's yeah. okay. And mm -hmm. some people are like, I can't sit at the counter. It's too much. I'm like, mm -hmm. okay, okay, this but is real. this is what's happening. Yeah, this mm -hmm. is real. I am. I'm angry at my kitchen. They are going slow and I am telling them and hopefully like a nice way that I'm going to kill them. Um, <laughs> yeah, sure. And they all know that I am going to kill them. So they're going to work a little bit faster. Yeah. And, but it's part of the show. It's a real show. It is mm -hmm. a real show. The other real show that's happening now that I pay attention to is Jackie. Yeah. So talk about why Jackie's so important to the health of the restaurant. <laughs> um, 
well, one, she's a lot nicer than I am. So okay. <laughs> she's actually very good with like guests. Um, she genuinely wants to talk to them. Uh, and she, she's really, she's one of those servers who likes to serve. She really likes it. And it just, it doesn't seem fake with her ever where I've had a lot. Of, I mean, she's no longer a server. Obviously she's come up and she's now our general manager. Um, and I hired her originally as a general manager and she actually, I knew Jackie was going to be right for, um, the restaurant sort of the moment I saw her resume. Cause she had worked for Colin who was Dressler. Mm-hmm. in Dumont mm-hmm. these, I'm pretending I know these but, restaurants but in mm-hmm. uh, Williamsburg and they were just the most lovely friendly restaurants mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. Colin who was no longer with us was one of the most genuinely like caring lovely people and he was one of the first people when I opened up I had I think we had won some like star chefs together like, eight years ago or something and he was like if you ever need something I want you to call me and I was like okay and I did start calling him and he was so good to me about it I was like, is this too much? And he's like, no, it's fine. And so he had helped me quite a bit at the beginning of Dirt Candy. Um, and I, so when I saw that that's where she had worked on her resume, I was like, oh, yeah, this is this will be fine. And she came in and we got along right away. And she does. She she's so good with the staff and she's so good with the front of di- the dining room, like the front of house. Um, she's kind. She's professional. She knows when to be serious. She can have like, you know, be harsh with guests when she needs to. And she can be so wonderful and yesterday two guests ran in and they're like you know we, we never do this but you and Jackie are so lovely and we had the best dinner the other night and they gave us like all these gifts and I was like that's Aww. so nice yeah and I don't right. you know and I think I think it might be a little different because it are it is you know two women who are running this restaurant that's pretty different in New York City so it's just a very different vibe in the dining room it's, it's great it is great and it is great Jackie's pretty good at the front when people come in and um you know, they're like, well, I don't like this. Can I speak with the manager? And she's like, uh-huh. Yeah, no, you are. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. we're not, well, this is as far as this conversation is going to go. <laughs> so she's tough, too, which yes, is good. Is. That's what yeah. we need. Yep. And she does remember everything about gas. Everything. And if she doesn't, she's really good at lying. Hmm. Okay, well, <laughs> fine. Just I feel special when I go in there. So <laughs> that's, all, that's all I can ask for. Lori? Um. I wonder if we can talk about, if, if you noticed, uh, I think it was Friday morning or Saturday morning, um, Jonathan from uh, Nomwa N- yeah. uh, hit back against Eater's 10 best or 10 worst yeah. dishes of the year list. Did you see this? No. Uh, he wrote this four either. part screed on Instagram, I think, and maybe on other platforms, but I, no, saw, I it only saw it on Instagram too. Just about how this is a, this is nonsense. This is not useful journalism. This is clickbait and it's mean-spirited and you know on top of that maybe the writer didn't have all of his facts right and he was he was he was openly acknowledged that he was ex you know grinding an axe yeah. from two years ago or three years ago but that he was and his restaurant was not on this list I don't know not this at all year but he had been they had gone after him a few years ago so he was just like it was sort of his like battle cry like enough is fucking enough like do you know how hard it is just to stay open and you come in with this dumb bullshit like if you don't like the dish don't fucking write about it and I thought it was great you know I thought it was really brave and risky and I mean I don't know what the power balance is if you know if if it's gonna hurt him I don't think so I mean he seemed to be very well supported so yeah I don't think it's gonna hurt him I thought it was I mean good I'm glad other people are saying things and sort of speaking out their opinions I don't think you know chefs I think it's a good thing when chefs have opinions. Mm-hmm. Um, what I actually found the most interesting is that 
the people who he sort of called out and that didn't respond to it. Mm -hmm. And I was like, well, you know, he's trying to have an open dialogue with you. If they had come back and said, listen, no, we don't think it's clickbait and this is why we do it. And, you know, we want to make sure our customers don't order. I mean, I don't know. And they could have said anything. We don't want our readers to go order this dish, but we also said we'd like this. I don't know. That would have been fair. He's trying to have a conversation Mm -hmm. and they're not participating in it. And I thought that was fascinating. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's always a power move, right? Yeah. It's just ignore it. Just like, ignore it. Pretend it didn't happen. Yeah. Like with kids you know, having <laughs> tantrums, just like you just go over in the corner and have that tantrum. And then there was this whole discussion that happened back and forth on it. And I was like, you know, that's good. Like not with the mm. people he called out, but mm-hmm. with the commenters. And I was like, yeah, that's good. Let's all have a conversation about right. this. Those 10 worst lifts are awful. Yeah. They're not like, what's the point? Right. And shit show week and all yeah. of that. I mean, I mean, sometimes it's funny, yeah. but it's not yeah, good. As long as it's not you or your friends. <laughs> yeah. It's, yeah, it's, I don't know. I mean, Eater has, has certainly evolved their editorial standards. Um, I think they did some great work on this Batali piece yeah. um, in terms of, you know, buttoned up reporting. So, I, you know, I'm not, I'm not pro or anti-Eater. I've written for Eater before, but, um, but I, I think that the, that list is a relic of, of the old bad yeah. times as far as I'm concerned. And I like Sitsuma and I think I respect him, but. So, and I think he's better than that list. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. But he doesn't need that. Right. Is hey, everyone did you read that? It's pretty good. Yeah. Uh, you ready? I'm ready. play a game? Okay. Okay. So uh, we, we like to play a game called Lots of Likes. Okay. Uh, like to hear what you like. Okay. And I'm going to keep asking you that question. We may stop and talk about it. Okay. But, but I'm going to ask you until the only way to win is tell me to fuck off okay. or fuck you. It can be any variation. It has to involve the word fuck, fuck and you. Okay. Um, <laughs> or off. One of those. A combination of those. Good? Great. <laughs> you explain it that? so... That's clear, though. You yeah. get it. What clear, if I don't right? like something? What? Like, what if you say, do you like this? Oh. No, no, no. What? I'm oh. not asking you. Oh, I have to say what I like. You have to say yeah. what you like. Okay. It's all on you. Should okay. we change the rules, though? No. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah, we can totally change your rules. Because I feel like maybe sometimes offering uh, a do you like this or that is could be. We'll see how it goes. That's okay. fine. Did you prepare yeah. anything? Did not. I did not e- yeah. either. Okay. Neither right. did you. So, Amanda, what do you like? Um, <laughs> you can also pull the ripcord right away. Yeah. No, 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 no. I have to. Okay, I have to get into the right. I like um, ketchup chips. Oh. Yeah, sure. You're Canadian. Yeah, absolutely. I, we didn't have to call it out. I think people heard it in your. Well, voice. I am. I'm totally Canadian. You have yeah. to see the back of my shirt today. It says Toronto versus everybody. Ah. Well, all right. Good luck. <laughs> <laughs> it's for my uh, Maple Monday bar or our Canadian beer hall that we have tonight. Yeah, you have you put on a lot of Canadian celebrations in your restaurant. I think it's very important to be Canadian right now. It's a really good what country. I like Canada. Yeah. You do, and you like their potato chips. I lo- oh my goodness, they're all dressed potato chips. Yes, delicious. Mm. Yes, somebody did a version of those. An American potato chip company has those out right now. Yeah, on but store it's not shelves. the same. Are they're not the no. same? Okay. No. All right, so we should go to Canada. Yeah, and get... also they have dill pickle Doritos. Oh. That sounds great. Yeah. All right. Uh, what else do you like? Uh, well, on the Canadian theme, I really like Canadian Smarties. Why? Because uh, they're well, they're not American Smarties. They're not the like chalk yeah they're not chalk they're like m&ms but better and in better colors i don't understand <laughs> you don't are understand they chocolatey yeah they're like m&ms but those aren't smarties don't but they in canada they are smarties <laughs> those are m&ms 
no, they're Smarties, and they're um, because they come from like you know like uh, the UK. They're mm-hmm. older than M and M's, so and they have better colors, and like they have a whole song and everybody like when you eat your Smarties, do you eat the red ones last? Do you suck them very slowly or crunch them very fast? And, and then it goes on. I'm Ooh. loving this. Yeah, it's Canadian Smarties are really. They good. might be better than. United States Smarties. United oh, no. States Smarties no. are terrible. Oh, don't. No, they're great. No, they're, no, not. they're not. They're terrible. What? My Nobody child, likes chalk. My child will eat any sugar them. in any form, and there are like four Smarties rolls just rolling around the bottom I, of his candy Can I tell you something? And nothing, <laughs> I know your child is lovely. He is, but and he will. He just he doesn't discriminate on sugar. Wow. He will save the smart, the American Smarties for dead fucking last. If you said banana Laffy Taffy, then I would accept. I it. ate that the other night. That is terrible. It was terrible. Oh, it's awful. But it's it was awful. there. Have you had a banana Laffy Taffy? Yes, it's a the worst. Banana flavors of any candy it's should not be not allowed. Is there a banana Smartie, Canadian Smartie? <laughs> There's a yellow one, but it's not banana flavored. Uh, it's right. just chocolate flavored. Are we talking milk chocolate? Yeah. All right. And Canadian chocolate's better because most American chocolate has like paraffin in it. Yeah. Uh, and Canadian, we have really strict um, like food uh, laws in Canada. And so it definitely doesn't have that. But again, it all comes from the UK where the chocolate is better. This is all right. True. I, can I just say, it feels like Canada doesn't make anything. No, we make our own chocolate, but it's sort of like it's Cadbury. It comes from like it's the okay. same company. Right. We make so much. All right. I, I don't know what we make, but we make you a make lot. Potato chips, logs, we, logs. Yeah, we ha- we make moose Maple syrup. Moose. <laughs> <laughs> we make moose. Maple we make syrup, beer. Sure. Mm-hmm. beer. Maple syrup. We, we make cheese. Okay. A lot of your vegetables come from Canada. Fine. Wheat. Wheat. Right. Canola. West. Canola. And wheat. actors and comedians, right? Yeah. And you do make I a mean, lot of comedians. It's Ryan Gosling. Okay. Mm. Martin Ed. Short. Alanis Morissette, Gen singers. Ag, sure. Jen mm-hmm. Ag. We Gen spoke Ag. with Jen. Okay. All right. I'm convinced. Canada. What else um, do you like? I like uh, pizza. <laughs> okay. Describe your favorite pizza. Just cheese. Okay. Does it need to be round? I don't want it little to sauce, be. Little I, cheese. No, I, I, I want to be very clear. I don't want it to be a tampon from like <laughs> the 60s or 70s and square. Okay. I mean, <laughs> that's fair. I am now inspired by the idea of a tampon shaped pizza food product I'm i think it would be like a gino's gino's pizza roll-esque yeah in in, in i think we're stouffer stouffer's french bread uh, i feel like we're yeah. really close there yeah I mean, well, it's got some height on it though yeah. we're talking of but the stove but that's that's a lot of height that's it's, the, it's too much height too so much if height, we yeah. had half that yeah does it need wings or Put a not? belt on. A belt. We're going old school. <laughs> yes. A belt. I Can the belt the be belt the string works. cheese, though? Yeah. <laughs> totally. Great. But Done. Yeah. You don't need to explain. Yeah. I got it. String cheese. Just go Done. back in the archive. It was hard You really don't know what a belt was? I don't. Uh, so before they had adhesives mm-hmm. for, I feel like every man should know this. I, totally. Yeah, yes. I appreciate you. No, our historical. I didn't grow up with the belt. I just want. I'm not that old. Fine. Mm-hmm. I I want you to know it came of age with the adhesive, mm-hmm. and then wings came out. But did you yeah. ever read Judy Bloom? Like, are yes. you there, God? It's me, Margaret. Yeah. Well, she talks all they about her belt. belt. I don't remember. It's been too long. Well, you had to attach the the pad to something so it stayed in place. Yeah. So it, you know, hooked up, and there was a belt, and it was under your clothes. Wow. I know. So really is it like, crazy. sorry, like a yeah. like a jock strap? No, well, but more around, but higher. 
higher. Yeah, like wow. it has to sit like on your waist. Oh, above your hips. Yeah. Got it. The whole it. thing has to attach. Got right? it, got it, got it. Yes, I, nice. I I fortunately Great. came of age just just <laughs> after the belt was phased out. But um, mm. I would love for Judy Bloom to rewrite uh, that book with uh, with the Diva Cup. I feel oh, like that'd that be good. Be really. A really be- great bestseller. <laughs> she has revised some of her books. I've noticed because I know my son's reading them, and there's some there are some updates. They've updated, yeah. really? Yeah, like subtle, but uh, Sheila, what is it called? Sheila Otherwise the great. known as Sheila yeah, the Great. Like there are book. some updates about the technology, I, and, and they still feel totally outdated. It was like CD players and DVD players, mm. and my yeah. kids like, what the fuck is that? Yeah, we listened to that on uh, on CD, books on tape, mm. type thing with mm. the kids. I like Judy Good Bloom. Stuff. Yeah, oh, she's, she's great. The best. What uh, else? What else do you like? I like. Um, <laughs> it's hard. It's hard thinking of things I like. I know. Um, it's a fun game, isn't it? <laughs> I like beer. I like martinis. Okay. How do you that. make your martini? I like a dirty martini. Explain. Only with gin. Okay. Uh, olives, little like olive juice. Okay. What, uh, what else do you like? I like. Um, I like long plane rides. Why? What? <laughs> do you fly business class? No, but I like it when I do. <laughs> Sometimes I do. Um, I only fly if, if I go to Europe, and often like festivals fly me there. And but they have like you can you can bid on your upgrade. Yeah. And, like a lot of those sort of like second tier, um, mm-hmm. like uh, European airlines. So and pe- I don't know, people don't seem to ever do it. I'm always like, yeah, two hundred dollars. The plane ticket's already free, and then I often get upgraded to business class. Oh, fantastic. Wow. I know it's so nice. Um. I don't know. I like being stuck in a seat and just getting to either fall asleep mm. or watching movies for like eight hours and, you know, nobody can bother you yeah. yes. and it's like uninterrupted. To me, it's so relaxing. And you can't be doing anything else, you which cannot. I bet your life is always, yeah. what else should you be doing? Right exactly. Now? Exactly. So, and, and no, like the alarm company cannot call me. Right. Like, I don't care. What <laughs> they do? When I'm on the plane. Yeah. That's your problem. What else do you like? Um, I like... I like not having to work on Sundays. Yeah? Yeah. You take that day off completely now? at all. I'm there for brunch every day, so now I don't get it off. But I really like having full days off. Mm. I know that's sad, right? That's a lot. I know. Um, (laughs) We have to go. But see, I outlasted you. I know. I know I won. What do I win? You really won. What do I win? You can have some more of the Christmas cookies my parents made. Okay, all right. It's a good gift. It's a good prize. It's a good prize. They're very good. Yeah. yeah, And it was a good sugar high for the show. Oh, it's Mm -hmm. just pure sugar. Totally. So good. So good. And very white. I mean, like in terms of (laughs) just, it's all white flour. They're very, it's Have you looked at me? It's a a light colored assortment. It is. Yeah. There's a white paper towel on the bottom. There's Mm -hmm. some white icing. There's powdered sugar. There's more icing. White Christmas. I saw the the Rockettes last week do the Christmas show. That is the whitest shit I have seen in (laughs) such a long time. I was like, wow. And I had told my kid, I was like, it's very light. It's, you know, it's sort of secular. It's not. I was like, they don't get Jesus-y. They got fucking Jesus-y. Yeah, they do, right? Yeah. I was like, wow. Yeah. It's a lot more than you think it's going to be. Like reading from scripture. Yeah. It's like, well, nice to be heard for yeah. you, Lori. Well. Since you hate Jesus. It was. <laughs> I don't hate, I just don't subscribe. 
<laughs> but it's also if it's surprising. Yes. Because like, if you don't see the Rockettes, you only see them for like five minutes at like the right. Macy's Day Parade, right? Yeah. They're just kicking their legs up and, and they're down. Not, yeah, yeah, they're not talking about Jesus. Yeah, you don't know yeah. what's happening. I mean, it was heavy on the Santa Claus. It was like 75% Santa, 25% Jesus. Can, can they kick and talk about Jesus? Like that's what I They I'd do like. not. They're not allowed to talk. I, those, girls, those girls don't talk. <laughs> no, Santa ran the fucking show. Of course he did. Um, I loved yeah, it, it I have to say. Nice. I mean, I could see that it was like super weird and bland, but like it was it was truly a spectacle. I was I was I was super into it. All right. I may have eaten a weed gummy before <laughs> I went. <laughs> Sorry. I don't think that counts as liking it. That's, I liked it. You it, you liked the weed gummy. I liked the whole experience. Oh, yeah, right. but you can yep. eat like gummies or things and still th- see things that you don't like and be like That's oh true. this is oh okay. this is so worse you yeah and you're like oh is this ever gonna end Lori <laughs> <laughs> is uh Lori has to explain drugs to me so oh, yeah. i appreciate you right thank you for explaining ned that. flanders mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> i saw mm-hmm. the recent simpsons episode where they explained why ned why ned flanders is how he is so maybe off mic i'll ask you if that was your experience okay which is that he had, I'll just tell you, he had beat Nick parents and then he had uh, his evil beaten out of him for no. eight year, consecutive years of spanking. No. No. Uh, no. Not eight. Not that. Yeah. It was no. good. Anyway, enjoy yeah. the cookies. Thank you, I will. <laughs> All right. Thanks for your time. Thanks Thank for talking to Thank you for having us. me. Amanda Cohen, Dirt Candy, thank you so much. Where's your restaurant? Uh, 86 Allen Street. Chinatown. Where, okay. New York City. There you go. All right. Ooh. Go. Bye. 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 Hey, Lori. Yeah. And Jesus Christ Superstar. <laughs> what was your favorite part that Lin-Manuel Miranda did? You know, he is so good at a big production number. Yeah. So when he came down that ladder yeah. in that crazy leopard costume. So good. And he did Herod's song. Yeah. It was like he had a maturity and sort of a, he had sort of had a, there was a patina of yeah. age on him that I did not expect yeah. from young immigrant Alexander Hamilton. Right. And it just, it, was amazing. it just blew me away. Can I tell you my favorite part? Uh, yes. Uh, my favorite part that Lin-Manuel Miranda played, mm-hmm. which I think it's even better than when he played the little girl mm-hmm. in Urinetown, mm-hmm. which used to be my favorite. Maybe it still is. It's really a toss up. Favorite musical. Uh, but oh, his, his part in that musical, right? Role. When he uh-huh. played the little girl mm-hmm. in, in Urinetown. My favorite part in Jesus Christ Superstar that he played, in addition mm-hmm. to coming down the ladder, yeah. was uh, the sequin top that he played Ooh, on Judas. On Judas at the after, end. After Judas was dead, but came back. Yep, yep. Uh, from the dead and, and sang Superstar. Yeah. Um, which is different than Karen Carpenter Superstar, mm-hmm. which I wasn't prepared for. Mm-hmm, I mm-hmm. thought we were really delving into the life of Karen Carpenter, but we weren't. We were talking about Jesus. Yeah. Um, but this was what Judas came out in. And um, and so it was just neat to see Lin-Manuel Miranda support him. Yeah, like literally. That. Literally support, support him. And it was beautiful. Together they were beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. Beautiful. It was, it was, uh, lots of skin, but shiny. Yep. Yep. Beautiful. Sort of a webby effect. Lin-Manuel Miranda can do everything. He can, he can, and he should. Have you seen him in Mary Poppins too? Have you seen that? Oh no, I haven't. There's a kite. 
That's him. There's a kite. And he's not the kite. Oh, okay. Yeah. But but he's there. Maybe he is the kite. I yeah, don't know. I haven't yeah. seen the credits. I haven't checked IMDb. Mm. He can do anything. I loved him as the rich, uh, mean kid in Lady Bird. Oh. The Blaine so stand-in. Good. What about prom, Lin-Manuel? 